I grew up all over the rural southern U.S., from the Appalachian Mountains to the swamps, backwoods and bayous of the Deep South where I spent most of my free time deep in the woods up into my early 20s. I spent a lot of my time hiking, camping, hunting, and fishing, and have always felt at home and at peace miles from nowhere. The more remote, the better. I'm well-educated. I have a degree in a field of science and, and have seen various types of wildlife like coyotes, wolves, panthers, and bears in the wild. When I was about 17, my family moved to the Florida Panhandle. The woods in that area and around my house went on for many, many miles, and are only interrupted by the occasional creek, river, country, road, or farm. There really are many miles of woods that see very little traffic out there. I was told by the locals that the area around my house had special significance to the Native Americans, and on a few occasions people alluded to things being odd in that area, but no one ever told me anything specific. If anything, the few who seemed to know anything got weird and quiet if I pressed them about why they made remarks about the woods, so I dismissed it and lived my outdoor life as I normally would. On one occasion, some friends came over to our property, and we decided to go camping. We went down to one of the creek bottoms a mile behind the house and hung out for a while. But after remembering all of the water moccasins that hung out down there, I decided against camping out there out of concern that I might get bitten by a snake in the dark. There were a lot of cottonmouths down there, and they become more active at night. So around dusk, I and another kid went back to the house and the other two were going to camp out for the night. Probably an hour after dark, the other two showed up looking shaken. They said that they were going to sleep inside too. They seemed spooked, but when I asked them if something was wrong, they got weird and clammed up. The next day, we went back to the creek bottom to goof around and do teenager stuff. One of my friends had brought his rifle, which he seemed eager to try out. It was one of those old Chinese SKSs. We were messing around the campsite they had abandoned the night before, when one of them commented about seeing something that looked like the invisible thing from the movie Predator. I thought they were being silly, but they were insistent. So we looked around and saw nothing. A little while later, the friend with the rifle fired a shot up into the trees, which was immediately followed by a huge splash in the creek. When I looked at the creek, I saw large waves from the impact, like someone had thrown something really big into it with a lot of force. For a fraction of a second, I thought I saw something brown and blurry in the creek, but before my eyes could even focus on it, nothing was there to be seen. Yet there were the waves, still moving. It was weird. I was surprised. I didn't know that he had intended to shoot at anything and had been looking the other way. My other friends didn't seem to know what had just happened either. We asked him what just happened, and he said, I saw a large hairy thing up in that large limb of the tree and shot it. I know that was absolutely irresponsible of him. I asked him what he just shot. Was it a raccoon or something? No, he said. It looked like something out of a zoo, kind of like a big monkey or something, but it had a face, and it was looking at me. I must have hit it because it fell into the creek. All of this happened in less than a minute, and we ran the 25 feet over to the creek, where Will had all heard the splash. There was still a slight disturbance in the water, but we never saw anything. When I questioned the friend, he reiterated that he saw a hairy thing that reminded him of something similar to a baboon, looking at him from on top of a large limb of the tree, but it repeated. It had a face, and it was looking at him. I asked him, what do you mean? It had a face. 
like a human face. He said, no, it wasn't human, but it didn't look like any animal's face that I've ever seen. It didn't look like a monkey's face either. It was different. We searched the banks and looked around, but didn't find anything. We even walked down the creek a good ways to see if he had killed something, and it had floated away. We never found anything. No blood, no tracks, no fur. But whatever had happened, he had irresponsibly shot at something. And even if out of surprise, it had fallen into the creek, but we never found any sign of it. It was shortly after this that things started feeling weird, a little eerie, and we called it a day. I never knew what to think of that event, and I think I had written off as something that either just didn't make sense or some kind of crazy, very successful prank. I even asked the other two guys if they were screwing with me and they swore that they hadn't done anything. One of them did see him fire the rifle but didn't know what he was shooting at. He said he saw something fall in his peripheral vision, but when he looked in the creek, there wasn't anything there. Life continued on. As normal and I spent a lot of my free time hiking, exploring and looking for fishing holes off of that small creek. At some point after this, I started having weird experiences in the woods periodically. Sometimes, usually late in the day or at dusk, I would get the feeling that I was being watched. The feeling wasn't there most of the time. It would just happen on occasion. I started noticing that sometimes in the evening I would hear strange animal noises from the surrounding woods. A few times it sounded like a blood-curdling scream. Once it sounded like a roar and a few times it sounded like some type of odd bird-like cry, similar to a peacock. Being familiar with animals, I always tried to deduce what animal had made the various noises. I concluded that the screams must be a panther, that the roar must have been a bear, but the peacock noises made no sense. There were three neighbors within the next mile and a half on that isolated road and none of them had peacocks. Then late one evening, I heard a more intimidating scream than before. It just sounded bizarre and caused me a sense of fear and dread. The scream sounded like a woman being murdered. I don't know how else to describe it. It was high pitch, shrill and loud, but it seemed too loud and lasted too long to be a human. I figured it must have been a panther, but it didn't feel right and sent chills down my spine. It was during the last bit of twilight before total darkness, and I hurried my butt back to my house. Sometime after that, the occasional sense of being watched and followed began to feel stronger and more malevolent. On a couple of occasions after that, when I was out in the woods, I felt that I was not just being watched. I was being hunted and that my life was in danger. I never saw or heard anything. The woods were always silent when this happened and I always quickly made my way home, but made a point to walk as I felt running might trigger a predator like a panther to chase me if that's what it was. Whatever it was, I felt like I was in imminent danger of death. It was a consuming feeling like nothing that I've ever felt. One day during this time, my little brother and his friends came running excitedly up to me and told me that two of them had seen a bear. Being that there, this area had been heavily hunted for many years and there were not supposed to be any bears anywhere near this part of Florida, I asked them what they saw. They said that they had turned around and seen the hind end of something on all fours walking into the edge of the forest. They only saw the very end of the creature and could only see the upper part of the back legs and its back right above the legs. They said it was brown, it had hair, and that it was much bigger than a dog so it must have been a bear. Again, 
There are no bears known to exist anywhere near there. At some point after this, I was out hiking again one day and had made a point to bring my shotgun loaded with four shot, which was the largest pellets that I had. I had begun carrying it when hiking as a precaution to whatever was out there. I was still leaning towards it being a panther. I didn't know what else it could be that would stalk a human and go undetected. I had noticed that the strange feelings and various strange sounds seemed to happen around dusk or at night, so I had started making a point to get back home well before dark. This time I had stayed out too late. Dusk was beginning as I was making my way home when I felt it again. Something was watching me. No, it felt like something was after me. The level of fear and the senses that this thing triggered were completely different from anything that I had ever felt. I knew I was being stalked, but I couldn't see or hear anything as I made my way home. Whatever the thing was, it seemed to move with me as I had walked hundreds of yards, but the feeling had only grown stronger. I felt like my life was in peril, like something was about to lunge out and kill me. Every hair on my body seemed to be standing up, and I felt certain that whatever it was, that shotgun wasn't going to stop it. Despite the terror, I was feeling I forced myself to stop and scan the woods, looking at both the ground and the trees thinking that I might see a panther nearby readying itself to pounce on me. There was nothing that I could see or hear. Everything was deathly quiet. It was about this time that I first remember an inner voice saying something like, Don't stop. Go. Quick. Don't run. I started praying as I walked to the house. In every fiber of my being, I felt a sense of malice and intent. Whatever this was, it wanted to kill me. I felt sheer terror, sheer dread in a way I had never felt in my now 17 years. Remember I grew up in very rural areas full of remote, isolated spots. Those places were where I felt most at peace. Animals didn't scare me, but whatever this was did. That feeling was terrifying and consuming. It was all that I could do to walk home, clutching my useless shotgun praying to God to protect me, and he did. Usually when I got within two, three hundred yards of my house, feeling would subside. This time the feeling followed me right up to about fifty yards from my home. I continued praying as I reached it the feeling eased off but I felt like whatever it was was nearby watching. From that day on, I started occasionally feeling a malevolent presence emanating from the nearby woods. Sometimes it didn't feel safe in my own yard at night. I remember one time when I walked into the backyard and heard the scream again. It sounded like a woman screaming in terror only extremely loud and it lasted too long to be a human and then it transitioned to a something like a baby crying but it the crying changed to become distorted and twisted and it just felt and sounded like something that was wicked was trying to frighten me. From that point on I avoided the woods especially when alone or in the evenings. I turned to parting and tried to push the vents from my mind. A year or two had passed without incident, and I had gotten too relaxed. Sometimes I get the occasional itch to go for a stroll at night. The moon was mostly full. The sky was clear with lots of stars. It was a bright, beautiful early autumn night. I still had enough apprehension to stay out of the fields and woods, especially alone at night so I decided to go for a walk down the rural country road. It was probably around midnight. I had walked several hundred yards down the paved road and cut across the corner of someone's cow pasture to get to a dirt road. I had gone through an electric fence and had made it about 50 yards through the pasture when I heard something moving in the adjacent cornfield on the opposite side of the dirt road from the pasture. I stopped and listened, 
and heard the sound of something big moving quickly through the cornrows. At first I thought it might be a deer until I realized that the steps and movements sounded bipedal and large. Several times it moved and then paused, then moved through the corn quickly again. After hearing the movement several times, suddenly the sound of movement was followed by the sound of a rabbit squealing. I instinctively crouched, peering into the darkness. Up until this moment, I had only been curious as to what kind of animal I had gotten close to. I had no way of fathoming what was about to step out. I saw a large bipedal figure walk out of the cornfield. It crossed the dirt road and stepped over the electric fence mid-stride without pause or effort. In the bright light of the moon and stars I could make out some details. Its head had significant wolf-like features, a long snout and pointed ears. It was taller than a human, maybe seven feet, possibly a little more, and it walked leaning forward with its shoulders hunched forward, like it was slightly crouched. It was covered in hair, but the hair seemed thinner or shorter on much of its torso and arms. I remember noticing it had a very lean, powerful, muscular build. Its arms seemed unusually long and hung low as it moved, and it clutched something in one of what appeared to be long hands. I couldn't make out its color because of the limited light. It just appeared dark-colored. I never noticed a tail or whether it had the double knees these creatures are often portrayed as having. Despite being a semi-bright night, a lot of its body from the waist down was obscured in shadow. It crouched on the ground, clutching the rabbit in both hands, and I started hearing wet and crunching noises and realized that it was eating the rabbit. It was squatting low on the ground, holding it with both of its hands, eating it like you might eat a fried chicken drumstick and thigh with two hands. At this point, I guess it couldn't have been more than 40 yards from me. It's hard to remember details you didn't think about at the time. Many years later, I had on a camouflage jacket and jeans, and I remember trying to make myself small while crouching and hoping it wouldn't notice me when it paused and sniffed as if smelling something, then it raised its head up and sniffed the air. It was at that moment that I thought, crap, I hope it isn't smelling my scent. At that moment, it looked directly at me and emitted this low guttural growl, and I swear its eyes flashed red, something that I've never seen an animal do without a light reflecting in them. It was less bright than when a light reflects directly in an animal's eyes, but distinct enough I could see the red eyes briefly flicker in the darkness. This didn't appear to be reflected light. It appeared to come from the creature for a split second and then disappeared. Bizarre, I know. Looking directly at me, the creature stood up like it was challenging me and growled this low guttural growl that I heard from the 40 yards away. At that moment, I felt fear overwhelm me. I had this overwhelming urge to haul ass back to my house. But something inside, something told me not to run, that if I did, it would catch me and kill me. When I previously told about all of the times I felt hunted, and I felt a sense of unnatural terror like my life was about to be forfeit in the most sudden, violent way, well now it was like I was looking at the source eye to eye. Somehow I knew that this creature was a bad, wicked thing, far more powerful than me, and something like an inaudible voice kept telling me if I ran my life was forfeit. Walk, don't run, pray, stay calm. These thoughts kept going through my head, but they weren't coming from my conscious mind. I slowly backed out of the field, never turning my back to the creature, until briefly when I had to cross the electric fence. Even then, I tried to not turn my back completely to it and keep one eye on it, 
At this point, it had moved deeper into the shadows of the pasture and was moving parallel to the direction I was going. I would occasionally hear it moving through the field, still staying parallel to me as I had begun to walk down the paved road towards my home. As I moved down the blacktop, I came to a section of woods with no houses or lights nearby. I had to walk through at least a few hundred yards of wooded road to get back to my house, and there was only one house on the way. No lights anywhere, and nothing but woods. The thing tracked alongside me the whole way, moving through the woods in the darkness with absolute ease. Occasionally, I would hear a branch crack or the swish of vegetation, and a few times it stopped to growl that low guttural growl at me. It's odd how I could hear it growl. I don't think I would have heard a dog growling at that distance. The entire time I felt this overwhelming sense of dread, fear and imminent, inescapable death. I continued to listen to the internal voice and prayed hard the whole way. It kept telling me to walk, not to run and to pray. Owen. I prayed. Oh, did I pray. I don't know if it was the voice or my intuition, but I somehow knew with absolute certainty that if I ran it would kill me. There was something symbolic about the act of fleeing from this evil, and I knew if I did, everything was over. As I walked through the dark wooded stretch of road, I remember wondering if any of my remains would be found, and if so what they would claim did it. I kept feeling like I was going to be killed at any moment. Time seemed to drag on, it seemed like forever until I got close to my house. I finally reached my driveway, and even walked backwards up a hill to my house because I didn't want to turn my back to it. Sure enough, it was across the road from my house, growling from the edge of the tree line in bushes. I finally bolted when I got about 10 yards from my door. I ran through the house locking doors and grabbed my old shotgun even though I felt certain that the small game loads I had in it wouldn't do anything but piss the thing off. I was too afraid to look out the windows as I knew it was outside and feared seeing it looking back at me through the windows. The feeling this thing gave me was not just a dangerous one. It was an evil feeling like this was a wicked, unnatural thing. I sat in my room and prayed, if memory serves, until dawn broke. A few weeks or months later, sorry I can't remember. The specifics, my little sister came downstairs sometime around, or after 1am white, as a ghost and panic stricken. She was terrified, you could see it all over her. When I asked my family what was wrong, they told me she had seen a bear crouching outside of her window. She had woken up to a terrifying feeling, knew something was watching her sleep, and when she looked at the window next to her bed, she saw a bear with big red eyes staring at her. My sister slept in a bedroom on the second floor, but the garage adjoining that part of the house was one story. Something had climbed up on the roof of the garage and had been intently watching her through the window. I asked her point blank if she was sure it was a bear. I could tell she was terrified and didn't want to acknowledge something. She responded with, It was covered in hair, had big red eyes and was staring at me sleeping through the window. I was asleep when I woke up with a feeling of terror. I knew something was watching me. It felt like it was bad. I'm paraphrasing as this was many years ago. I was generally too afraid to go back in the woods around my house after that. But when I did summon up the courage, I would periodically have to abruptly stop hikes in the woods near the house. Everything would be fine, and then I would suddenly become overwhelmed with the ominous feeling that I was living on borrowed time, that the creature was stalking me and that it was about to kill me. I almost always left immediately, 
feeling like the shotgun in my hands that I carried was useless. On multiple occasions when this happened, I felt the inner voice again, telling me to leave now, walk, don't run, and to pray. On the couple of occasions that I lingered momentarily to scan the woods for the creature, I never saw anything but it felt like it grew closer, and the danger grew more imminent, so I always left. It was around this time that I found someone's white domestic rabbit hanging from a tree branch in the woods, disemboweled, and with its eyes plucked out. It was hanging from a branch about five feet off the ground. It struck me that it was like it was meant to be seen or found, as it was placed in a highly visible location, right behind someone's property line, at eye level, at the edge of a field beside the woods where this thing seemed frequent. It just seemed significant. It was about that time that I learned that Native Americans lived on the nearby adjacent property who were reputed to use blood magic that was evil and bad stuff. I was told this by another Native American who told me to stay away from them. I'm part Native too. We lived near a reservation, and multiple Natives had told me about someone who was a known shapeshifter, someone who had purportedly demonstrated their ability to shift into animals, and they had ties to this family. The few times someone told me something like that, they always acted like it was a taboo thing that they should not be speaking of. I don't know if it's relevant, but it feels like it all might be connected. A couple of years later, a friend of mine came to pick me up to take me to a nearby city. We pulled out of my driveway after midnight and right down the road from my house, we saw a pair of huge wolves standing a few feet from the road, calming watching us even staring at the car from a few feet away as we passed. Their presence and behavior seemed and felt very unnatural and my friend who had grown up there freaked out. He became pale, sweaty and started stuttering, telling me those are wolves. Those are huge. The only wolves in Florida are a few red wolves which almost look like big coyotes. They have reddish brown coloring and are very small for a wolf. These individuals were silver, gray and black and I guess they looked to weigh about 140 and 180 pounds. One was smaller than the other, and when I looked at them, I instinctively knew they were a pair. One male, one female. The red wolves aren't present anywhere near that part of the Florida panhandle, and this was something entirely different. I questioned my uncle, a state biologist and a huge outdoorsman, and he told me there were very few red wolves in Florida. They were nowhere near that size and there were none anywhere near me. Similarly, there weren't any red-eyed, roof-sitting, window-peering bears in the area, as all the bears in the area had been hunted out many years ago. I don't know what the true nature of what I experienced was, but it always left me with the sense that it had a very strong supernatural element. Yes, these things had physical forms, but there was something more, something supernatural. My friend knew something, but he was so terrified that all he would tell me is that there were natives in the area, and that part of the woods was special to them. And then he would get an even more terrified look, clam up and change the subject. He used to have a house in that immediate area, and he said strange things happened. There was something bad around the house, something in those woods. He said that their house mysteriously burnt down one day when no one was home. They had it rebuilt, and it caught on fire, and burned down a second time when no one was home. Whatever happened spooked him was so scary that they bought a new home many miles away, and he was spooked to even think about it. When locals told me of natives who were purportedly shifters, I began researching and learned that many tribes had beliefs of dark magic that would allow them to transform much like the skinwalkers. 
These rituals are always dark rituals that involve blood, sacrifice, or some other dark or evil deeds. After that, I just stayed completely out of the woods around the house, and I didn't walk further than the barn behind the house at night. There were still several incidents, more loud piercing screams in the night. Once or twice I heard a baby crying out in the woods during the middle of the night. As I thought to myself, that's no baby. Something is trying to lure me out there, or screw with me. The sound changed from the very distinctive sound of a baby into something wicked and unnatural, almost like an evil, twisted mockery of the sound of a baby crying. I felt that it was literally trying to mess with me, trying to instill terror, and let me know that it was there. One time I had to talk my brother and a friend out of going into the woods to look for the baby. And again, as soon as everyone agreed that there couldn't possibly be a baby crying that loudly in the woods in the middle of the night, the sound changed into something wicked which would curdle your blood. There was also another occasion where we heard puppies crying out from a ditch in the edge of the woods in the middle of the night. Once again, a couple of friends wanted to rush out there to rescue the puppies and once again, as soon as I pointed out, that it couldn't possibly be puppies out there in the woods in the middle of the night in BFA. The sound changed, and it was always a wicked terrifying sound. Almost like some evil thing was trying to create the most disturbing sounds it could. Shortly after this, I moved away and rarely visited that home. And all of my encounters of this nature ended when I left. Years later, the house was sold. I've been a park ranger for years, patrolling the vast and untamed wilderness of Yosemite National Park. It's a place of breathtaking beauty and serenity, but it can also be a realm of mystery and the unknown. I've encountered my fair share of wildlife and odd occurrences. It started on a cool autumn evening. I was on my usual patrol, my footsteps echoing through the silent forest. The fading sunlight cast long shadows, adding an eerie ambiance to the surroundings. As I ventured deeper into the wilderness, a sense of unease washed over me. Suddenly I heard a voice, faint and distant, calling my name. I stopped in my tracks, my heart pounding in my chest. Jackie, the voice whispered, a haunting echo that seemed to carry through the trees. It sounded just like my wife, Emily. I scanned the area, but there was no sign of her. Confused yet curious, I pressed forward, my senses on high alert. More voices joined the chorus each mimicking the familiar tones of loved ones, my parents, my siblings, even my childhood friends. It was as if the forest had become a haunting choir, taunting me with its ethereal symphony. Each day, the torment continued. The voices grew stronger, more persuasive. They would call out to me, pleading for help, crying out in pain. At times, they'd even mimicked my own voice, whispering dark secrets and hidden fears. I felt trapped in a macabre play, orchestrated by an unseen puppeteer. The creature, the cryptid responsible for this torment, always remained elusive, its presence felt but never seen. It reveled in its ability to mimic the voices that held significance in my life, using them as bait to lure me deeper into its clutches. I grew wary and haunted, my mind teetering on the edge of madness. Then as abruptly as it had begun, the torment ceased. The voices vanished, swallowed by the silence of the woods. The creature had vanished, leaving no trace behind. I stood there, bewildered and shaken, wondering if it had all been a vivid nightmare or a twisted reality. Months have passed since that eerie encounter, 
but the memories still linger. I often find myself wandering back to that desolate wilderness area, searching for answers that may forever elude me. What was that cryptid? Why did it choose me as its target? And most importantly, what happened to my loved ones whose voices it had stolen? Last Saturday, the 17th of December, at around midnight on Industrial RD. Near where I live in Morea, Pennsylvania, my sister and son were driving back from dinner and shopping. They both saw a jet, black, upright, wolf-like creature, the size of an outhouse eight-plus feet tall, run across the road in front of them. My son said the moon was bright and three inches of snow were on the ground. He said it looked human-like. He also states that it moved extremely fast as it ran across the road in front of them. This is a road located about one mile from Frackville, Pennsylvania, and nearly two miles from Moray, Pennsylvania. My son said that it howled. Thought you should know. As a seasoned hunter, I've heard countless tales and accounts from my peers, but none were as chilling as the one I discovered in the dense Amazon rainforest. I found a diary belonging to a fellow hunter, a man who met his end in an encounter with a creature of the shadows. Here is his story, as he penned it. Day one, I've made it to the heart of the Amazon. I'm here, not for the jaguars or the anacondas, but for something far more elusive. The locals speak in hushed whispers of a creature that melds with the shadows, a phantom that has claimed many lives. I intend to track it down to bring it to light. Day five. I've seen it. Just a glimpse, a flicker in the corner of my eye, but I know it was the creature. It was like a living shadow, fluid and quick. The jungle has become a game of cat and mouse, with me as the mouse. Day seven. The creature is not just elusive. It's deadly. I found the remains of a jaguar today, torn apart with a violence that made my blood run cold. I've hunted many predators, but this creature, it's something else. Day 10. I've realized that to survive, I need to outsmart the creature. I must use everything I know about the jungle, turn its traps against it. I've set snares and pitfalls, hoping to catch it off guard. Day 15. I can feel it closing in. The shadows seem darker, the silence more oppressive. I know it's watching, waiting, but I'm ready. If it's my fate to die in this jungle, I'll make sure I don't go down without a fight. That was the last entry in the diary. I found it next to a makeshift camp, the ground torn up and stained with old blood. The hunter didn't survive, but his story did. His words serve as a stark reminder of the dangers that lurk in the shadows of the Amazon, and the creatures that are better left undiscovered. I had an encounter two summers ago in the area called Kimball Bottoms, or as the locals call it, the desert. Anyway, I was down there at a drum circle they were having, and I don't know if it was the drumming that attracted this thing or what. I was facing the water and banks of the Missouri River, and it still being light outside around 7 p.m. in the summer. I could see everything clearly. I thought I saw a heat signature on the opposite bank, like heat rising off a hot parking lot in the summer. This stood out to me as I'd been staring in that area. Anyway, zoning out as I went into an almost trance-like state due to the drumming, I started seeing this thing move. I stopped drumming and walked over to the edge of the bank. 
The more I watched, the more I realized that this heat signature looked like it had arms and legs and was like swaying to the drumming still going on behind me. My friend came up and asked what I was looking at, and as I pointed it out to her, other people from the circle started to notice that we were pointing and staring at something across the river. More people stopped drumming and joined us at the bank. Some could see what we were seeing, and others couldn't. Eventually, nobody was drumming anymore, and this glimmer man had stopped swaying and was watching us watch him. More than one person had mentioned that it looked like the invisible alien from the movie Predator. It was after maybe three minutes of watching this invisible being. And yes, many people tried taking pictures and video of it old, only to not see anything when reviewing the images on their phones. Not surprising when you are trying to photograph a nearly invisible heat signature looking thing. At one point, we could see this thing move back into the tall reeds and were surprised as the reeds parted. Those who didn't see the being couldn't help but see the reed part as it moved away. A few of us sat there for a good hour waiting to see if this invisible being came back, but we didn't see anything. However, many people freaked themselves out by talking about where this entity could be. Was it lurking in the water, walking along the shore, hiding in the trees, etc.? I have to agree they all had viable points. It was a very surreal encounter and only deepened my beliefs on things existing in the folds of what we call reality. I was eight years old living with my parents outside of Memphis, Tennessee in the late 1950s. On this day, it was a warm summer evening. My parents were next door talking to the neighbors. All the kids were running around and playing. The neighbors had a station wagon parked in their driveway and the tailgate was down. I wasn't watching what I was doing, and while running I tripped and went face first into the tailgate. I split my lip all the way down from my nose through my lip. My upper lip was laid open, so I had to go to the hospital. I was terrified of needles and fighting the nurses as they tried to give me a local anesthetic before stitching me up. I was a strong little kid, so three nurses pinned me down, and I remember one nurse saying we're going to play cowboys and Indians, we're going to tie you up. They strapped me down from head to toe. They gave me the shot in my lip, sewed me up, and I went home. After that, I began experiencing night terrors. I attributed that event of getting strapped down and my lips sewed up as the nexus of the night terrors. The nightmare was always consistent. I am at my grandparents' house with all my cousins, like we always did, sleeping on a pallet on their living room floor on the old rug she had there. She'd lay a blanket down and put pillows out. I would lay there with a huge rock on my chest, and I can't move any part of my body. I can see up to the top of the rock, and over the rock pops a figure. The faces of a character in a TV series that was popular in the late 50s called Akukla, Fran, and Ollie. It is a creepy little character, a weird puppet with a snuggle tooth. We wrap it with a snuggle tooth. The face is looking over the rock, and he's laughing at me. He's also talking to me, but I can't hear him. I know he's talking because his mouth is moving. Then I see a hand come over the top of the rock, then an arm, and then a shoulder. A figure pops its head up, and it's a figure with bony hands. This thing had a teardrop-shaped head, and it had big black almond-shaped eyes, just like the pictures you see of an alien gray. This was before anyone had ever described alien encounters or abductions. I see this thing look over the top of the rock, and it starts to come toward me. At that point, the dream stops, 
and I would wake up in a panic. The night terror started to wane when I matured and became an adult. I got married, started raising a family, and I didn't have that dream for almost 50-something years. That was until this past year. One night, my wife had gone out of town. I was here at home with the dogs just working and relaxing. I'll read a book for a while, then I'll watch a TV show and go to bed. Well, that's what I did. That night, I had the same old nightmare return. I haven't had it for all those years. I wake up but not in a night terror state. It's totally dark. No outside light coming through the windows. I started to think that I am still asleep and dreaming. Then I see a figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom, and I see its arm up against the wall. I look at this thing, and I'm again wondering if I'm awake or if I'm dreaming. The next thing I remember, I'm walking through my house with a firearm, and I'm checking the house. The dogs are not alarmed at all and are asleep in their beds. I walk back to my bedroom, put the pistol away, and get back in the bed, and I fall asleep. It was probably the best night of sleep that I ever had. The nightmare I had experienced that night was exactly the same as I had those many years ago. Why I just had one more nightmare is a mystery because I have had had no more since then. One quick note. A few days after this experience, I was in my office working. I had the TV on. Then I heard someone mention Fran Allison, who is the woman from the Kukla, Fran, and Ollie's show. I looked up and there was the face of the ugly Ollie character from my nightmares. I didn't panic, but I quickly turned the TV off. My name is Sergeant Avery Thompson, and I led a small team of National Guard soldiers assigned to Grand Canyon National Park. Our mission was to protect park visitors from a mysterious entity wreaking havoc in the area. As we investigated, we learned of the local legend. The Crawler, a grotesque creature said to haunt the park's woods. While some of us were skeptics, others couldn't shake the fear that something sinister lurked in the shadows. Isolated in the vast wilderness, we found ourselves in a constant state of unease. Our radios crackled with static, and the thick fog that rolled in each night seemed to choke our very senses. The fear was palpable, but we had a job to do. The tension reached its peak when we finally encountered the creature. Its twisted, elongated limbs and pale, hairless body were the stuff of nightmares. We engaged the monstrosity, our training, pushing us through our terror. The battle was fierce, but in the end, we managed to neutralize the abomination. We carefully transported the corpse to a government biofacility, hoping that our ordeal was finally over. However, we soon realized that the truth would remain hidden. A group of stern government officials, likely Secret Service agents, ordered us to keep the incident a secret, warning us of severe consequences if we dared to speak out. The fear of the unknown was replaced by different fear. The fear of what we had seen and the knowledge that we could never share it. We left the park, our minds burdened with the truth about the crawler and the secret that we were forced to carry for the rest of our lives.